Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hi, I'm Susie McIntyre. And I'm Russ Weaver. And we want to welcome you to Cowboy Church. Every week this year, mm -hmm. we have a brand new episode of Cowboy Church. We've got inspirational speakers. We've got inspirational singers. We've got stuff we don't even know about yet. <laughs> That's exactly right. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Cowboy Church. You are going to enjoy it. Would you put your hands together with me? There's a place up in this beauty far beyond this world below where there's no sorrow, sin, or sickness, pain, and woe. Twill be joy and peace forever in that homeland of the soul. I'll lay my burdens down when I reach that city someday. mercy endures forever and it's good to pause in the midst of our busy busy schedules to say Lord we want to come together this morning and honor you with our lives with our gifts with our abilities and our talents because you know what I, I learned this past year and I know I talked about my daddy last year and I wanted to give you a little bit of update but my daddy had a stroke a year ago about this time he was in the hospital and today, I'd like to report that he's probably better 
than he was before the stroke. Now that is a lot of prayers. That's a huge miracle. And thank you. But it reminds me of uh, to take each day as if it were our last. And what if this truly was our last day? My best friend gave me the best advice. He said that life's a gift and not a given right. Leave no stones unturned. Leave your fears behind. And try to take the path less traveled by. That first step you take is the longest drive. If today was your last day and tomorrow was too late, could you say goodbye to yesterday? Would you live each moment like your last? Leave old pictures in the past. Donate every dime you have. If today was your last day, Against the grain should be a way of life. What's worth the prize is always worth the fight. Every second counts, cause there's no second prize. So live like you'll never live it twice. Don't take the free ride in your own life. If today was your last day and tomorrow was too late, could you say goodbye to yesterday? Would you live each moment like your last? Leave old pictures in the past. Donate every dime you have. Would you call those friends you never see? Reminisce of memories. Would you forgive your enemies? Would you find that one you're dreaming of? Swear up and down to God above that you finally fell in love. If today was your last day, if today was your last day, would you make your mark by mending a broken heart? You know it's never too late. To shoot for the stars, regardless of who you are. Let nothing stand in your way, cause you can't rewind a moment in this life. So do whatever it takes, cause you can't rewind a moment in this life. If today your last day and tomorrow was too late could you say goodbye to yesterday would you live each moment like your last leave old pictures in the past donate every dime you have would you call those friends you never see reminisce of memories would you forgive your enemies Would you find that one you're dreaming of? 
Last week we talked about, and just to give you a quick review, and, and I'll probably need a little help with this. Well, actually, I want to see if you remembered or not, but the, the enemy of our soul is the devil. And the Bible tells us we shouldn't be ignorant concerning his strategies or his devices. And uh, so I want, to, I, want to, I want to go into that just a little bit. There's four Ds. The first D that he uses is what? Deception. Okay, remember that. Deception. And then he uses division. And then he uses discouragement. And then he brings despair. And that's the way, the, that's the strategy of the devil. Just remember, that's his strategy. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And that's a strategy he uses. So, if you want a strategy of, of how to run your life as a Christian, and what's important as a Christian, it's really simple, Acts chapter 2, and it says this, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, number one, the apostles' teaching and fellowship, number two, in the breaking of bread, three, and number four is and prayers. That is, that is God's strategy, not just how to run a church, but how to operate your life and how to operate your family, how to operate your business. Remember, we're, we're talking occupy till he comes. The strategies this week are, are the titles of occupying or staking your claim. And, and we're looking on the word strategies and going through uh, the strategies of running your own business the strategies of, of running your own family, running your own life, and, and we're going to, I believe you're going to have some great insights into some of the things that will help you with your life, but I want to pray for you. Our Heavenly Father, I pray for every person that's listening to this message today. God, I pray that you would go beyond what I can say or what I can do or how I can say it, and Lord, that you would take it and go where you want to go with each person listening to these words. God, I pray you'd put a special anointing on these words because they are valueless without you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The first point is the apostles' teaching. And I, I, want, I want to set this up by, uh, I got to go to India a few years ago and they took me to a leper colony. And at this leper colony is where the the fingers and stuff start to rot off. And one of the reasons they lose their fingers is they lose the nerve feelings in there and where they're staying, the rats come in and eat their hands off. And they can't feel it. Uh, a leper colony is, is a horrible place to exist. And when I came back, Dr. Mack told me, he says, you know, the prevention for, for leprosy is soap. Mm-hmm. He says, it doesn't cure it after they have it, but if you use soap, it keeps you from getting leprosy. 
So I, I had Stephanie look that up this week, and sure enough, the, the prevention for leprosy is soap. And, and it's just, just, just plain hand soap, any kind of soap. And I thought, wow, what a, what a, great, what a great analogy for us, because in the Old Testament, the Bible uses the disease of leprosy to, deno to denote what sin is. And, and sin works the same way that leprosy, or leprosy works the same way that sin does. Not everybody that has leprosy is a sinner, don't get me wrong, but it's an analogy of what sin does, and leprosy is, is the example that the Old Testament uses, and, and some of the New Testament so what we're going to do is we're going to look at this SOAP system on, on the method of preventing sin taking your life. See, sin, sin will take you to where you have no feeling or sensitivities towards God. And in that, what happens, the enemy comes in, he chews your sensibilities away to where you lose your ability to act and think and, and create and function as a Christian. The, the Bible says if we, if we harden our heart, that it's a bad thing. And so we're going we're to look at the, the strategies in order to bring sensitivities to your heart and prevent the disease of, of sin from destroying your life. Now, the apostles' teaching, the first thing they taught was foundational studies, which we've studied in here, is doctrine. There are a lot of churches say, we don't do doctrine, we just love people. Well, when they say, we just love people, they're teaching a doctrine of, we love people. That is a doctrine in of itself. And I'm tired of Christians and churches being ignorant to some of the things that they're talking about. Doctrine is important. Doctrine is what the Bible teaches. Doctrine means the things that we should be taught in order to live our life. And if, if people say, well, we want to be Christians, but we don't want any doctrine, what they're saying is, I'll accept God, but I want it on my terms and not God's terms. And that's an improper, wrong way to do things. We want to do God things on God's terms because God has ways of making things work. The second, uh, the second thing is spelled out here in Ephesians chapter 4 is that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning and craftiness of deceitful plotting. See, their good doctrine is healthy. False doctrine or uh, every wind of doctrine is unhealthy because those doctrines are brought about by the trickery of men by saying, we don't believe in doctrine. Well, that's a doctrine that we don't believe in doctrine. It's a teaching that we don't believe in doctrine. See what I mean? That's, that's just... I don't know, I don't have a word to describe that kind of ignorance. By the trickery of men, by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, the devil himself wants you, wants us to be ignorant of the things in the Word of God because when we are, he can win. He can destroy us. I want you to be knowledgeable about the things of God. So the first thing that happens is we begin to teach foundational doctrines if you were to go to the stroke scan that we just had and, and you see that um, you have a problem there and you go to a doctor and you show him the evidence that you have this problem and he goes, oh, you know what? I think maybe you should, uh, 
you should probably go uh, drink a little more water and uh, just not worry about those folks because, you know, all that technology stuff is no good. We're going to we're going to do some things that they used to do back in the dark ages. I, I think what we'll do is we'll just do a little bloodletting and and uh, just teach you how to be tough and you'll get by. How many of you would feel comfortable with that? Well, of course not, because that's foolishness. Yet at the same time, if you didn't have enough education and understanding and, and a system and powerful tools that will help you be equipped, you might fall for that stuff. The reason I say that is back in those days, they fell for it. They fell for it out of ignorance. The Bible says that he doesn't want us to be ignorant about the devil's devices. He wants us to be informed and knowledgeable, filled with him, filled with the Holy Spirit, and equipped to be the kind of people that he called us to be. You can be that. But it's not going to happen if you don't take some initiative. So the strategy here is take some initiative, learn what the doctrines of the Bible are. Learn some foundational studies of how things work according to the Word of God. A healthy fellowship. And, and I, I said healthy fellowship. I don't mean to add to the Word of God, but there is fellowship that is unhealthy. I was listening to some people. They were broadcasting from a sports bar, and it was not a nice sports bar. It was a place that I would never allow my kids to go, and I would never show up, and I would never expect my dad to be there. And what that means is I shouldn't be there, and you shouldn't be there. But they were there at this place, and they said these words. They said, come by for some fellowship. Now, their word fellowship and my word fellowship are not the right thing. So I'm putting in there healthy fellowship. Okay? Just so you know, that's why I did that. I'm not trying to add to the word of God. But I'm trying to help you understand what the Bible means by fellowship. One of the four factors of being able to be healthy in the way you do things is, is making sure you get the right information from the Word of God. But secondly, being in fellowship. Now, this word, the Greek word that is translated fellowship is called koinonia. And just so you understand what we're talking about here is the fellowship that is enjoyed around a table while you're eating. We're not, we're not talking about that Thanksgiving dinner where you ask all your knucklehead relatives over and everybody's afraid to talk. We're talking about the fellowship. When you're with people you love and enjoy and you, you discuss and have discourse, that's the fellowship we're talking about. And, and what, it has, what it has to do with, that, that action itself is, is an action of love. Now, I, can I just describe to you a healthy doctrine here as we're going into fellowship? A healthy doctrine is this, is to understand what love is and what love isn't. Love is a decision. It is an action. It is not an emotion. Love is not an emotion. Whatever Hollywood's telling you about love being an emotion and that it attacks you and you have no choice in it is wrong. That's a deception of the devil himself to get you involved in stuff you shouldn't be involved in. Love is a decision, and love is an action. And here's some action. 
Love in action is a decision and a lifestyle. We will love people, and it's not contingent on how they act. We love them because we're committed. If I wasn't committed, you know this. I'm not saying I'm going to be real careful here because I understand that you can misunderstand this. I want you to understand this. It's critical that you get it right. If love was just an emotion, my wife and I wouldn't be married right now. Because there were times that she wasn't acting the way I wanted her to act. But she's in the children's department today, yeah. So, thank you. I thought I was going to get through that without a comment. Thank you, Rose. But I will tell you this. I get a little nervous. That's why I had to have a little... <clears throat> if love was just an emotion, she wouldn't be married to me either. Because there's been some times I've disappointed her in the way I handled situations. Now, the truth of the matter is we have a great relationship and the reason we have a great relationship is we committed to that before we ever got married because I was raised in a home that understood how marriages work and we realized that it was not always going to be blissful. Love is not an emotion. Love is a decision and love is an action. And what I mean by love is an action is there are times I don't feel like treating her the way that she should be treated. But most of the time, in spite of that, I treat her the way that she needs to be treated because love is an action. And love is a decision, and she really deserves it. But there are times I don't feel like treating her like that because she didn't do things the way I wanted. We might as well get to reality here. I don't know of one marriage that everything has just been blissful the whole marriage. And if it's based on that emotional effect, divorce happens. If it's not based on a decision and on commitment, it's a phony marriage and it won't work. All right. Do you know, they, had, they did a study a while back about uh, great successful people. And they did this study on successful people. And then what they found out? They found out that the one thing that they all had in common is when they were being raised, they all ate dinner with the family around a table, one meal a day on average. Think about it. Now, I'm going to go back just a little bit to the methods or strategy of the devil. How busy are we that we don't take time to have a meal around a table, either breakfast or lunch, or dinner, depending on what you call it, or supper? Thank you for being with us at Cowboy Church. Uh, we pray that God will bless you this week and that your walk with God will be richer because of the time you spent with us. We're always glad to hear from you. You'll see on the screen a number you can give us a call or you can write in or our webpage is there. Uh, communicate with us. We'd like to know what's going on with you. We'd like a chance to pray with you. 
God bless you. Thanks for watching Cowboy Church.